talk today about breaking magic spells. If you did not catch Apostle Shadrach's teaching today on monitoring spirits and destroying monitoring spirits, you gotta watch it. That's on CFI RLM TV on YouTube and it's shared on everyone's Facebook walls right now in the RLM page on Facebook as well. Check that out. That is powerful because that coincides with what we're going to be talking about tonight which is breaking magic spells. Monitoring spirits only work in magic spells. As it's written, outside the city gates are the magicians and the dogs, and those who practice the magic arts, the sorcerers and the dogs. So the dogs are the ones that are the receptacles of the magic arts, or the magic spells. Now, Jesus Christ taught that after his seed was sown, the enemy would come and sow seeds. These seeds are the words of demons and human beings. Not just demons only, but human beings. As it's written, John's baptism, was it from man or God? So, if it was from man, it's a magic spell. If it's of human will and human origin, it's a magic spell for all Witchcraft is rebellion, and all humanity is rebellious against God until we're crucified with Christ and cooperating with the Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit of Jesus Christ is sent from above and to lead us and guide us into all truth. So, that truth is what will consume the magic spells. Every area where there's oppression, there are magic arts. The magic arts are not something readily talked about and taught accurately in the charismatic church, but it's something you deal with continuously. In fact, the dust of the earth that we are to arise from to shine like the stars forever in Daniel 12 is arising from words that are not from God. Those words are all magic spells. And so to deal with them, we need truth. We need gospel scrolls. My favorite example in the entire Bible is Moses and Aaron dealing with the sorcerers of Egypt, and they begin to throw down their staffs, and, and the staffs turn into snakes, and the snake of the staff of Aaron 
devoured the staffs of Janes and Jambres, representing the scrolls of righteousness, the words of God, consuming the scrolls of wickedness, the words of the evil one. As it's written, Father, protect them from the evil one. Well, the evil one's origin is in lies. His nature is to father lies. These lies in the invisible dimension are all in scroll form. How the demonic operates is in word form, and all these words are magic spells, which are simply lies working to deceive, to kill, steal, and destroy, to siphon from human lives, to and to drink the life that's in the blood, to suck the nefesh soul dry. So we need exodus out of Egypt. Egypt is the place of the working of the magic arts. We can clearly see that from reading the Bible. That's where the magicians are. That's where death is, the angel of death, and all of the working of death. And it's done through sorcery, which let's debunk sorcery. Sorcery is simply any word working in your life that's not from the throne of Jesus Christ. All witchcraft and sorcery is, is literal substance of darkness or false light, false love, and different scrolls in the invisible dimension, and all these scrolls working against the will of God in your life. And Satan, through the magic arts, is very, very successful in destroying most Christians' lives. It takes a magic spell to get sick. You can't get sick, you can't be cursed in any area of your life except through magic arts. So this is how much magic arts are in the world. You're in Babylon the Great. Babylon the Great means a kingdom of magic spells. So you have to be completely separate from magic arts, magic spells, and people are like, Harry Potter, you know, that's kind of a rat today. People are like, Harry Potter? I don't let Harry Potter in my house. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about words in the invisible dimension. You're going to need greater wisdom than what they taught in the Pentecostal church and that Harry Potter is demonic or keep your kids away from shows about dragons and these sorts of paranoid Christian reactions to invisible realities. We can't afford to be paranoid. We can't afford to be reactionary in a human unrenewed mind to the things of the evil one, we need to be revelatory. It'll be revelation that saves your lives in the days ahead. Revelation teachings of righteousness that empower and equip the saints to deal with the current situation of Babylon the Great, which is all the magic arts and magic spells that are in the world. The Bible says they deceived all people, and if you read that verse in Revelation, it's talking about deceiving all Christians. So it's not even an issue if you're deceived, Christians, believers of Jesus Christ, it's how much. It's a measurable amount of how much. And once you get over that and the offense and the pride of that and begin to deal with it, we begin to see exodus, deliverance, breakthrough. The magic spells begin to be devoured by what? Aaron's staff. Prophetic leadership. Very much so. Moses represents the apostle and Aaron, the prophet. So it's the prophet's staff that consumed the magic arts of Janes and Jambres in the Bible. Therefore, what is our leadership to destroy the works of the devil, the working of every other word in your flesh, in your brain, in your bones, in your blood, in your spirit, in your soul, in your ruach soul, your nefesh soul? What destroys it? 
the leadership of the prophetic word. That's in 2 Peter 1.19. And we too have the sure word of prophecy. You know what that means? We have Aaron's staff. What are we going to use it for, Peter? To consume the magic spells of the evil one off of everyone's lives. And the ones that don't want those magic spells consumed are usually the ones that cast them. So if you're not allowing the magic spell to be consumed, guess what happens when Aaron's staff comes around, when the prophetic comes around, the power of that sapphire scepter comes around. It will not just consume the magic spell, but it will consume the magician that cast it. That's why it's written, I suffer not a witch to live, because when Aaron's staff comes around, it kills the witch. If the witch is not willing to allow that area of the magic arts of Satan and his angels to be consumed from their life, because we see in Acts sorcerers and witches converting to Christianity left and right. They didn't even know. All they were raised in is a culture of the occult. So a lot of sorcerers and witches get converted. I'm one of them. God converted me out of very deep levels of the occult 24 years ago. So he does save witches and he does save warlocks today in Babylon the Great. And he will save many more in the days ahead. But we need to understand those that get saved are willing to give up all the magic spells. Those that are willing to get destroyed say, no, I'm clinging to the magic arts. We see that reaction clearly in the book of Acts where they burned millions and millions of dollars of magic scrolls when the apostolic gospel came to their city. They were willing to transfer from wicked words working the demonic in their lives into righteous words working the glory of the kingdom of heaven in their soul lives. And it's a beautiful thing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you need to give up your magic spells and your DNA. A lot of people cling to magic spells. A lot of people cling to their DNA. What does it mean to cling to your DNA? That's family idolatry. Which means what? Let's say you identify as a black male. That's your identity. That's your source of comedy and enjoyment. Let's say you identify as uh, royalty. Maybe your nefesh blood has royalty in it. If, unless you can despise your royal, rotten nefesh blood, <laughs> Well my, D well, my DNA is pretty hardy and I don't get sick easily. Well, your strength has now become a great weakness to you. I just saw a big angel sword. Has become a great weakness to you because now you trust in human DNA because you got lucky with genetics. So now you're despising the genetics of God, your father, and it's a rejection of the spirit of Jesus Christ. And it's a grievous sin to the Holy Spirit to hold on to your rotten, disgusting, royal nefesh blood and DNA. Your rotten, disgusting, privileged, white American. Your rotten, disgusting, black American culture, white American culture, Native American culture, African culture, Asian, don't get me started, Asian culture, rotten flesh, fallen nefesh blood. There's nothing good about your human DNA. Oh well, us Asians, we're so clean. We take off our shoes every time we come in the house. We're polite, our polite nefesh. Look how well behaved our dogs are. Look how well-behaved we are. No, it's disgusting. It's a rejection of the spirit of Jesus Christ, which is the DNA of God the Father. You have to reject your own country and your own 
uh, family DNA and despise it. And it doesn't mean you go out and now you hate everyone who looks like you or looks like somebody else. That's completely against the point. The point is, you cannot lean and rely on magic spells or your DNA because guess what, Buckwheat? That's where the magic spells work, is human DNA, including everything that you think is good about the genetic lottery you may have won and good health, good genetics. Maybe you come from a good family. They know how to maintain wealth. You must despise the human goodness to be set free from magic spells. And that's very important. Now, some of you, it's easy. You maybe have terrible DNA. Well, guess what? That's a blessing to you because it's easy to let go of that and throw it away. So thank God for those struggles and what you perceive as weaknesses in your life. Maybe you get sick easy. Maybe you have all kinds of inherited problems. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Buckwheat, because it's easy for you to throw away the human DNA to embrace your father's DNA. It's actually much harder for other people who appear to have it easier because they have something good to hold on to. So praise God for it and let go of it. Don't stay sick. Don't stay uh, deceived. Don't stay under magic spells, but embrace the DNA of the father's genetics, which is the God sperm seed of the word of God in word and spirit and in truth, operating and activating your life through cosmic ascension. Yeah, it's symbolized when Moses uh, was forced by God. The angel was going to come and then strike them down. And what did he do? Well, Zephira came, Zipporah came and circumcised the child and then threw the foreskin at his feet. This represents the removal of DNA. So the, the circumcision is the evidence that you're not going to follow your fallen human bloodlines. Remember, the fallen human bloodlines are the covenant with the Tower of Nimrod. Nimrod was one of the first antichrists of the genealogies of Cain that the nations followed after Nimrod and united together with the fallen angels against Yadavave, against Jesus Christ. So the entire human nature has an ancient bloodline curse because of the Tower of Babel. Now you're in Babylon the Great. So if you cling to the human nature and identification with the flesh, you are absolutely doomed. I mean, the new covenant hasn't even started in you. That really is the elementary step of salvation is that my salvation is from the, the 70 root uh, nations of Babel. That's really where you need salvation. I mean, what do you even say from your sins? Well, what is the root of sin? The, rebel the rebellion of building a kingdom with the fallen angels apart from God's kingdom, which is what the human being does apart from the building of the kingdom of heaven within your heart. So you have to understand what sin is, what laboring in vain is, what uh, the magic arts and why they work is because they're building the devil's kingdom. Anyone operating in the human nature is building the devil's kingdom. Most Christians, out of ignorance and a lack of teaching correctly, are building the devil's kingdom. Why? Because they're still in the human nature. Their faith is still in the human being, which means it's altogether the Tower of Babel. There is no distinction between them, the 70 root nations, and the new nation of Israel. You're being born again into the nation of Israel. Do you read the Bible? That's what it says. You're born again out of the 70 nations of Babel. 
and into the nation of Israel. That's clearly written in the word that you've been engrafted out of the wild branches. What are the wild branches of Romans 11? That's the 70 branches of the 70 principalities that were assigned to the scattering of the Tower of Babel. Because the nations chose the fallen angels, God allowed it and gave them princes. That's what you're saved from. So therefore, Jesus Christ said, those who overcome and conquer will sit with me on my throne and do something called dash all that mess, the 70 root nations of the Tower of Babel, to pieces like pottery. If you are not taking out the nation's covering of the principalities and that DNA, that bloodline and that root rebellion, you're not seated with Christ in heavenly places. The Bible says when we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, we function with a scepter of righteousness. This is Aaron's scepter that budded the true divine leadership that dashes all of that false DNA, those working of words in the flesh, in the nefesh, in the soul that is connected to the human blood to pieces like pottery. Now the blood of Jesus is preaching a better word than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel, that represents those that were consecrated below and set apart below. Guys, that's the Old Covenant. There is no Old Covenant now. The New Covenant has fulfilled it thousands of years ago. So those operating out of the Old Covenant and not the New Covenant are operating out of the below realm, which is dust and dirt and sorcery, all religious demons 100% of the time. Now the new covenant that fulfilled the old covenant through the Messiah 2,000 years ago starts us off in a blood that speaks from heaven, Hebrews says. And the blood that speaks from heaven is what consumes the blood that's speaking from earth. So you have people stuck to old religion, a blood that speaks from earth. That's what religion is. You're not in the elevation of the blood of Jesus. He told the human beings to not touch him until he ascended to his father. That's in the Gospel of John. In his resurrection, Mary Magdalene, don't touch me, for I have not brought my blood to my father. When he, when he brought his blood to his father, now the gospel's preached. Notice there was no gospel preached until the new covenant blood of the Lamb was brought up through all the levels of of the heavens and to the very throne of God and now we have a different word. Hebrews says we're speaking a different word. We're speaking the word of the Son from heaven. So all of the speaking of Christianity or religion or do this, don't do that from the earth is actually magic spells. Why? Because anything not God's word is of the other side, the enemy. So this will help you with wisdom and discernment so that we're only clinging to every good and perfect word that comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadows. Most people, we see these religionists everywhere, they only use the scrolls from, from below to fight the fresh daily manna that comes from God's living throne above. What's the greatest enemy of the living word? The dead letter that kills. That's all I've ever really wrestled against in full-time ministry the last 20 years is dead letter ministries versus red letter ministries. <laughs> and guess who wins? The living word, but through much suffering and persecution, misunderstanding of those clinging to scrolls from below. So you could say the magic spells are your enemies. 
and how magic spells their origin is from the father of lies, but they work through ignorant people. We read about the ignorance of people that are channeling scrolls that they think are God's word. You'll encounter this continuously until you're rock solid in the word from above. Because that word from above, when it's rock solid in you, it's a scroll of fire. When the Bible says, I make my ministers flames of fire, do you understand? A minister of the flames of fire is simply the living word. A minister of the gospel scroll. Now, what are the enemies that need to be burnt up? Wood, hay, and stubble. These are all magic spells of other words that are dead letters that kill, that come and try to siphon the life out of you and to suppress you and oppress you to return to the human nature, having begun in the spirit, try to finish in the flesh. So what is the temptation of magic arts? To go back into trusting the human nature when you first tasted of the divine nature when you were converted and believed in Jesus Christ. If we're honest with ourselves, the devils are crazy successful in converting people out of their original faith in Christ, that spiritual faith that emanates the Shekinah glory, faith in the word they first believed in that brought the light of life into their souls, and now they're back into trusting in the flesh and the confidence of their own arms and not the arms of God, the confidence in their own hands and not the hands of God, the confidence in their own eyes. We only believe what our eyes see. We only believe what our natural ears hear. Well, guess what happens? They go entirely into dead letters. And guess what? Many of them have a form of Christianity that is anti-Christ Christianity, that opposes the working of the living word. So what we need is an en masse cleansing of dead letters. Now the dead letters are the cleansing of the magic arts, the cleansing of religious words, the cleansing of the demonic opinions and the human opinions about God. Religion is utterly the human opinion about God that is not really God at all. You'll find everyone's got an opinion about everything. You ask them about Jesus, they'll tell you, oh, this is my translation, this is my church. And it's wonderful if you're in agreement with the truth on the throne. Because that person's a majority of one. There's only one that is correct. Christ and Him crucified to death, and then they need all the glory of the Father. So a person that is emanating the glory of the Father is in right standing with the Father. The evidence that a person's in right standing is always the cloud by day and the pillar by night. Why? Because they're following the Holy Spirit. When you follow and obey the Holy Spirit, what does Scripture say? You fulfill all the Word of God, all the law. And a person that is not following the cloud, the glory cloud, and following the pillar of fire, the, the glory fire. For the fire is the manifestation of the glory at night, and the cloud is the manifestation of the glory during the day. But it's the same exact glory. It's just in different times and seasons in the universe. Different dealing with nature differently. Same exact glory. Shekinah manifests differently in daytime and in nighttime and moon, and sun, and stars, because it's dealing with the curse of the fall. It's dealing with nature. 
But Shekinah is truly our leader. The spirit of glory, if it dwells with you, then you are real Christians, Peter says. But if you do not have the spirit of glory, you're maybe infants or maybe your Christianity is the magic arts. But in all things, you will be tested with the fire of true Shekinah glory to see if you are accurate and in right standing with God. Therefore, let us bring all our belief systems, all of our opinions and all of our ideas to the fire of his glory to be tested that we might be more accurate to follow him. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, this is a really exciting time to be alive and in Christ and in the place of repentance uh, because the mercy of God and his compassion for his people is great. So we want you to be able to step into that and not be hindered by magic spells. Now, we've noticed with the monitoring spirits and the magic spells, those two things are the reason why the majority of you hear the message but failed to rise or you started to rise but you've stopped rising or you've slowed down in your progression. It's mainly because of monitoring spirits and magic spells. And if you can get free from those two things, you will start to be productive and fruit-bearing again and be able to walk into your destiny. You know, those types of things are the reasons why no matter how good of an intention you feel like you have, when you come around and you want to help and you want to get help, most of you have ended up at one time or another just being augured by demons. Right? Your bodies, many of you have been inhabited by cosmic principalities. Many who began as devout warriors and prayer, uh, prayer for the apostolic ended up turning in witchcraft prayer against us without even realizing it. And then, you know, what religion and witchcraft does is it starts to drive you crazy. So some of you, you look at your past year and it might seem like, what happened? Did you just get, you know, seven times worse? What happened? Why were so many of you close to losing your destinies unless it was prayed for restoration by the apostles? It's time to get real and to stop playing around with baby Christianity. Stop playing around with pet secret sins. Now, what are the evidences that those things have been working in your life, those negative influences? You get mad at your families at home, right? There's no control over anger. You're jealous, you have jealousy. Now, one of the things that Shadrach talked about today in his apostolic broadcast was the spirit of Saul. What's the evidence? Whoa, there's an angel manifesting right here. That jealousy was what opened him up to be a monitoring spirit. And so instead of him being blessed by David, it became a curse to him. The light of righteousness becomes a curse to you. It's written in the book of Enoch that the light of the sun and the moon and the stars, it's a blessing to the righteous. It's a curse if you decide to be wicked toward those who are walking in righteousness, which means your righteousness turns to slime if you begin to attack God's anointed. And you know, you can say, oh, I'm praying for them, praying for them. And there's that mixed multitude of different kingdoms at work within you. And it's all cursed. And so it's time to get real. It's time to stop playing games, playing around, and get wisdom. No amount of 
reaching out, inboxing apostles and prophets is ever going to help you unless you get wisdom. What does it say in the Word of God? Get wisdom, get understanding. That doesn't mean go chase the man of God with wisdom, the woman of God with wisdom. It doesn't mean that you should never reach out for help. You have to get wisdom. 2024, you're not going to do well unless you get wisdom. You need greater wisdom this year. Greater righteousness, which is less mixture and less openings for the enemy because God has been giving people grace and time to repent because many, many people who started out in the spirit have now found themselves fighting in the flesh, mm. augured with uh, demonic spells and have become monitoring spirits. So if you have become a monitoring spirit of the enemy, would you be aware of it? Likely not until you hear the preaching of righteousness and even there has to be a tenderness of heart. Be willing to receive correction from the Lord because he still wants to correct you so that that can be removed. Because many people who are called to be like David, he said the least of them will be like David. It's the same anointing as Saul. It's the same anointing. What starts off as love and care and being a part of the army, working together, ends up becoming jealousy, envying, and striving. And all it will do is it costs your destiny. And God does not want that. We do not want that for you. But it's time to stop playing games in 2024 and get real. This is no time for patty cake in the sand. It's also no time for fear but it's time for wisdom. Wisdom is actually purity. If you're lacking in wisdom, it's because there's a lack in purity. Wisdom is the silver of the right side of the Holy Sephirot. Wisdom that comes down from above is first of all pure. There's no separation. In black and white witchcraft and demonic teaching, they'll teach that wisdom is separate from purity. Well, he's not pure yet, but he has a lot of wisdom. Well, she's not pure yet, but she has a lot of wisdom. There's no separation. The manifestation of wisdom is the manifestation of purity. They're one and the same. Anyone who tries to separate them goes into demonic wisdom. Fallen angel wisdom, which is no wisdom at all, but is actually the spirit of folly. In the enemy clip it, they have the spirit of folly that masquerades as wisdom and masquerades as purity, but is wickedness. It's actually wickedness with the appearance of that good fruit. Look at this good fruit. It's pleasing. It's Satan. And their counterpart to righteousness is the spirit of unrighteousness. When the spirit of wisdom could not find a place among men and returned her place in the stars with the angels. Then went out unrighteousness, the woman of unrighteousness, to dwell in those places where righteousness was rejected. So any of those places where you've rejected righteousness, there's a spirit of unrighteousness, the spirit of folly. So you see those two sides of the clippeth that imitate wisdom and righteousness and you have to have purity and true righteousness to walk in the way of jesus christ without being augured by demons by fallen watchers by monitoring spirits who try to change your destiny from being the even the least of them like david to 
a Saul destiny which ends in destruction and death. And that is not the plans that God has for you. He has a perfect plan for you to walk in purity and in righteousness and to be restored. So if you can hear these words and receive correction and receive instruction, you'll be surprised when you overcome these two things in your life, you overcome the monitoring spirits and the witchcraft spells the magic spells. You're going to walk in mercy, forgiveness, and restoration of your true divine destiny. And you can avoid the tragedy of becoming a Saul even after you've sacrificed so much to walk with the Lord. It's a, that is a tragedy on another level that is almost unfathomable that you would come so far to find cosmic righteousness just to murder the Davids in your life. All the while being deluded that you're doing God's will. That's a great deception. So be purified and be set free by the thundering of the Gevrat of the Ein of Jesus Christ and his righteousness, his true purity, his holiness by thunder and by lightning to make straight the crooked way in your heart, to be restored to your true divine destiny and to not be shaken from that path in Jesus name. Blessed, spiritually prosperous, happy, to be admired are the poor in spirit, amplified, Matthew 5, 3. Poor in spirit is this, those devoid of spiritual arrogance, that haughtiness, the pride, those who regard themselves as insignificant. This is a person who acknowledges the insignificance of the flesh and the DNA and the human blood and the human being entirely. Okay, that's what poor in spirit is. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven both now and forever. Jesus Christ in the red letters. So the acknowledgement of insignificance of the human nature. This is staying free from pride that leads to jealousy and murder. And if you study the scriptures, most of the betrayal is around finances. They get offended about money, they get offended about obedience with money, and that usually that, that root of that is the value of the human being as more valuable than God. The human being deserves the money because it worked hard. You hear that a lot from very young believers, they don't understand that the human being only, no matter how much they work in Genesis, deserves hell. So they toil the soil by the sweat of their brow, laboring for very little, and the harder they work, the more they gain, but still, even in that gain, all of that toiling merits eternal hell. That's Torah, right? Now, now Jesus Christ saves us from the curse of the fall. When we are in Christ and serving Christ and valuing the human as insignificant, but the divine as significant, this is when our labor is not in vain because we're working for the Lord. For a lot of people transitioning out of working for, for uh, wages that spoil, working for money, this is actually quite rare that a person is sanctified to the level of working for the Lord and not for money. That means your money, 
can increase dramatically and it won't influence your loyalty, faithfulness to the Lord. That's a person that's trustworthy. We need to produce trustworthiness in our lives so that we're not getting caught up in the idolatry of valuing the human being. Now, Babylon the Great wants to get everyone into idolatry, to have them deceived to think that the harder your work or the more you hustle in the marketplace, the more the human being has earned and deserves. Guys, that's a demonic concept. Now, the more you've worked for the Lord, the more you've merited the rewards with the Lord, because I'm coming to give to each one according to his works, or merit, it is written, Revelation 22, red letters. But one person works for the Holy Spirit with all their life, with all their house. The other person works in vain glory, works for the building up of their own image, of their own self-nature. That's a person that's not poor in spirit. That's a person not building in the kingdom. This is huge. If we can get your building blocks correct in the order of your life, building within God's kingdom, then everything in your life will go into order. It'll go from peace to peace, joy to joy, prosperity to prosperity, health to health, blessing to blessing, because in his kingdom, there is fullness of joy continuously. The issue why so many people experience hell almost more, you hear it out of Christian believers' lips, more than they experience heaven, is because of this Matthew 5-3 principle that they don't have yet. They have not learned the significance of the Spirit of Christ and working for the Spirit of Christ. The bewitchment in their life, their, de their deception and their idolatry still has them working for human successes. And this is why often believers are totally tormented after they believe. It's like you don't understand success yet in the kingdom is working for Christ. What does the Apostle Paul say? Every single one of you work for God and not for man. That man includes you as men and women. If you are still working even for your children... Come on now, if you are working for your kids, oh, I'm working so that my kids can have an inheritance, you're lost. You're, you're lost. You work for the Lord. Your significance is in the Lord, therefore you are insignificant in self continuously. This is how you stay focused. This is how you stay in the glory. You want to stay in the glory? The evidence that we're leaving, the glory of serving Christ, is now the glory is for me and my house and the legacy of my bloodlines, the legacy of my children. Man, I tell you the truth, unless you leave your father and mother and children, you cannot be my disciple. Jesus Christ, red letters. Try to find a disciple in America that even has that elementary obedience to the commandment of Jesus for a normal disciple in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's like one in a million. We're like, oh, no, we take care of our good stewards. We take care of our house and our family and our children. We'll twist the scriptures to self-justify. Listen, he wasn't saying forsake your family. He was saying serve me and consider the natural dimension of human beings as utterly worthless in comparison to serving me your great rewards, serving the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's the beginning of building God's kingdom. That's the only way his presence, his glory cloud, his pillar of fire will ever be developed in you. Everything else, guys, is idolatry. 
and all idolatry is magic spells, magic arts. People convincing themselves they're doing something right. And you have all the humans around you applauding you, putting plaques on the wall, celebrating your name, taking out an ad that puts you on a billboard. They'll say, this is a great person. Who cares what human beings think? It's not about the human applause. The Pharisees love the applause and the praise that comes from men. But we seek the praise that comes from God the Father. It is written, therefore, only in pleasing the Father is Christ built inside you. You know what the building of Christ Jesus inside your hearts is? Zion. That is the kingdom of heaven within you, Luke 17, 21. If that is not being built up and raised up in you, you'll never know the kingdom of heaven. A lot of people claim kingdom in their brain, kingdom in their mouth, but we need to see kingdom as a mountain of Shekinah glory and fire rising in your heart. And it better be rising. Because if it's not rising, you've turned back, you're not worthy. Past successes don't mean anything. It's today's successes that count. You cannot count on past obediences to justify your present situation or your present salvation. It must be today's successes because salvation is only in the today form. In hearing today the word of God, you are saved, it is written. That's daily bread. That's daily salvation. We can't cling to the past. We're only always in the present. Therefore, if we are in the present and obedient to what we're hearing from the holy commandment of Jesus Christ on the mountain of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, the presence of His glory, our daily success, is manifesting that daily light of salvation. As it's written, you're a city on a hill. What is the city on a hill? The city of salvation. The light of salvation. This is the city of those that are hearers and doers of the word with their whole heart. We live for the word. Jesus Christ said, My food is to do the will of my Father who sent me. Therefore, it's the sustenance, the gelling, the solidification of the spirit man, the eternal person of the heart, the food of that inner man is only in doing God's will, which is building his kingdom within you. All this other stuff that people are distracted by in their five physical senses is vanity, 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 chasing after the wind. We're not wind chasers, we're not vain, and we're not idolaters. Now we're into the kingdom of heaven being developed in us by serving God with our whole heart. What your whole heart means all your senses, all your finances, all your time, all your house, and everything in the created natural realm and angelic supernatural realm. That's what obedience truly is. It's all your house, the outside and the inside, serving King Jesus. He is worthy. And it's not even a sacrifice. It's a normal, basic requirement for anyone that knows that Jesus is Lord. The requirement is everything I am, I use to serve the great I am. Otherwise, I'm not. But he will remain to be I am. So the question today is, can we repent and serve him better to share more in his light? So you gain that light, glory to glory, by serving him. 
If you're serving the external realm, you give your light to another, you find yourself an idolater serving demons. So the repentance is continual. So we're always like little children clinging to the word of our Father to serve Him more accurately, more faithfully. In these great two keys, I love these two keys, faithfulness and humility. Loyalty and humility. Without those two keys, you can never serve Christ. You'll be Christian flakes. You serve Him one season, and the next season He says something too hard to you, or you get into some some vanity, you get into some self-idolatry, and you're no longer walking with the apostles and prophets on the front lines, the pillar and the glory cloud, and now you're just into yourself, into some kind of Edomite Christianity, some Esau, seven mountains of hell, demonic Christianity, which most people do. But let all of that be decimated. Let it be completely obliterated from the world. Amen. To set the captives free. This gospel goes forth and sends mountains into the sea. It is written. And these mountains are the mountains of self-deification. These are the mountains of false Christianity. These are the mountains of false teaching and false preaching of religion. These are all seven mountains of human beings for Mount Zion, which is the mountain of Messiah to rule over all of them forever and ever. Amen. Amen. It's the maturation of both David and Saul. So you have to choose as you go up who you're going to serve. And it's more deceptive than people think. <laughs> now, I've posted this. If You have to get those two keys. Uh, what Shadrach has been posting about, you know, he is an apostle. Make sure you're following him. And this is important, too. What is false or stolen honor of the apostolic? Now, this is very important. You know, Apostle Shadrach is a very humble man. That's why he's successful in God with the favor of the angels because he's humble toward God and apostolic authority. So you have to understand that he is a very humble person. Uh, when you're in the carnal mind, nothing, I see angels again here, nothing about people is what you think or perceive. Oftentimes, the apostolic becomes a mirror to you. So what you perceive as a sin in someone or some kind of weird uh, inclination of the mind, judgments, those are unrighteous judgments. And usually you're just seeing a reflection of what you're projecting because the apostolic tends to become like a mirror to you. And you'll see usually, if you're seeing negative things, it's usually just what you're seeing actually on the inside of you. So understand that you just walk in a great humility. Why is he one of the only people that has been able to come close to the apostolic cosmic without principalities hopping in his body and him being augured? It's like so many people. Most people, and in fact in my life, I'm going to tell you this, I posted a little bit about this online. This is very important for you to understand so that you're not deceived. And so you don't want to have a cosmic principality of the enemy jumping in your body. Can we all agree that that's not something that you want? But why? Yeah. This always ha this has always happened. They'll try to. It's a guarantee. Anytime you get close to the apostolic, mm -hmm. they don't care that you're just trying to get help. They don't care that you're just trying to help. Whenever you, let's say you're inboxing the man or the woman of God, or you're trying to be proximity or trying to be close around, 
all of a sudden, all of the highest principalities, and we deal with the highest levels of Satan's army on a regular basis. They don't see, oh, they're just trying to get help. Oh, nice. No. They see you as their very next target. I bet we can hop in this young Christian's body and use them and auger them. And people wonder why they get so much worse. So let me read this to you. I want you to get the wisdom. You're not rejected. You're loved. We want you to stay safe, which means stay in the order of righteousness. It's for your safety. It's for your spiritual growth and protection to be in the order of righteousness. These kind of things will prevent you from being a host body to demon principalities whose potent sorcery is much greater than any of you at the sound of my voice can possibly fathom. In Jesus' name be set free. So those keys of humility and purity, that lo the loyalty and humility. No matter how great a wicked spell comes upon you, if you have it in your spirit, this is what Apostle Shadrach has, if you have it in your spirit, loyalty to the apostolic, to, you know, to Red Letter Ministries, apostolic vision. If you have true loyalty in there, and you have humility, that will keep you safe. You can get through anything with You can that. get through anything. Even if the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great comes upon your soul and the pressure of the climax of the age, you can make it through in repentance if you have those two keys. I want to read this to you. The presence of foreskins and membranes. That means if you still have any foreskins and membranes, make it impossible to be close externally to apostles in the higher worlds of the multiverse and the Ein unless there is consistent consecration and fasting, total purity of intention, and persistent prayer that is totally separate from the self-will of witchcraft unless those are all corrected and in the place of holiness any trying to be close externally to the apostles will result in a cosmic principality hopping in their body with magic spells to hunt and attack the leaders without the vessel it's without you even knowing that you're doing anything but trying to help or trying to get help. Yeah. And this happens repeatedly, and then people feel rejected, they feel orphaned, or they feel attacked by the anointing. Why? Because you just opened yourself up unknowingly to principalities of darkness. And so a lot of you, you just simply need to stop desiring witchcraft ministry. If you're always in the man of God's inbox, you're always inboxing private, like, you know, I'm not a private messenger apostle. It's not what I do. Why is that? Every single time this kind of thing tends to happen, even if you're reaching out, whether it's male or female, you're reaching out to a male or female apostle, all they see as an opportunity, the enemy forces of darkness, they look at you as their next target. So what you're doing, when you're desiring witchcraft prayer, you need personal ministry. That's what you think that you need, constant personal ministry. I need to be in their inbox. I need to be close to them so I can go up higher. You're actually signing yourself up for the most challenging and difficult place you could possibly be is close to an apostle. You're much better off receiving where God wants you, which is receiving the broadcast. Watch Apostle Shadrach's broadcast. 
watch our broadcast, learn at home, do the instruction. Right? Do you think that I got up this high because all of a sudden I had personal ministry from Brandon? No. When I first came into that ministry, I got zero the only the only personal ministry I would ever get was the occasional rebuke. And that's true love. If all you ever get when you reach out is a rebuke, you are love. I feel so much fire of the Holy Ghost now. That's what we need in our souls is rebuke, yep. chastisement. You don't need coddled. You don't need personal instruction. That's your desire for witchcraft ministry. How did I grow in God inside mindedness to get to the top of the mountain? It was not through personal ministry. It was because I obeyed the instructions watching from home without needing to be in everybody's inbox, without a small group, zero small groups, zero personal ministry, except the occasional rebuke and chastisement with severity oftentimes. Yep, severity Bob, that Bob none of you would like. Rebuke from wisdom is salvation. Many of you want to walk in the heights that I walk in, in the Sephirot, but none of you would ever want the severe chastisement and rebukes that I've had from Brandon and I've had from people that God has put to watch over my soul, none of you would even like to hear even a small percentage of the severity that's been in my life. You would squirm, you would run away. All the testing of loyalty, I don't think there's one person in this ministry, maybe one person, maybe two people, maybe two people, if they were tested to loyalty at the same degrees of severity and the pressure of the enemy I've endured to be loyal after all that pressure of the enemy would even stick around. I highly doubt that. So don't put so much stock in what you think that you have. It's not that much. Don't think that you're so holy because you have one rung, two rungs, just because we have multiple worlds conquered. We're not as holy as we think we are and that there should be the fear of the Lord increasing in our souls. So what's the answer? I'm telling you, what worked for me, it was not personal ministry. It was not one-on-one -on -one teaching. Some of those things were added to me later when I needed them in higher realms to survive. But what did I do? Did I have a small group? Did I have friends in my city? No one in my city. No one in a group chat. I did not have a women's group chat. The women's group chat that existed back then was a snake pit full of demons and pigs. Some of whom have come out of that and are, walk, are beginning to walk in righteousness. None of those things that you think that you need, and I'm not saying stop meeting together, you need to. That's the instruction. You hold up the shields together. The Father's instruction to you has been continue meeting together in your small groups. Those of you who are trying to rise, you're going to need each other. But what I'm saying is you don't need the personal ministry that you think that you need. You need to take the teaching from the broadcast and do it, walk in it. That's what I did. And when I did get the personal ministry, guess what? Rebuke, chastisement, correction, and a little bit of praise, everyone. A little bit of praise. Why? Because there's so much wickedness in the flesh. There's nothing good about the flesh. Even Jesus said there's nothing good in his flesh. 
He said it when he was walking on the earth. There was nothing good. There was only one who's good. So understand that this is what you need is to receive the teaching and walk in it. If some of you, you are, you've been listening, you've been going through the master class and you're still on Malkut, you have got to hold on to the keys of loyalty, no matter what, humility, no matter what. And you've got to come out of the magic spells. You've got to come out of the magic spells and the monitoring spirits. Those things be broken over your life. You're going to have to let go of envy and jealousy, greed and lust for money. You're going to have to come, o come out from jealousy of that Saul spirit towards David and understand the least of them will be like David. So this is so important for your life. Like Brandon said that the sorcery is where? Outside of the gates. So when you're tempted in that, where are you tempted to go? I think this is a good time since we're going to be entering in like a child. You're going to enter like a child. Some of you just make a decision right now. I'm going to enter in like a child. Just write it down. Type it in the comments. I'm going to enter in like a child. Be restored to innocence. The innocence of the children playing together, rising together, learning in their father's house, receiving discipline, receiving instruction, receiving correction, and receiving gifts from the Father. He's a good Father. His chastisement toward you is so you can walk in righteousness. I think this is a good time to look at our picture. Since we're going for our childlike innocence, your childlike innocence restored, outside of the gates are what? The sorcerers and the dogs and the practitioners of magic arts the sexually immoral, and those who love living a lie. So I want to expose to you tonight, I want to expose to you today, the source of sorcery, wizardry, augury, and witchcrafts of all kinds in the false eternity of the Klippeth. So what is this? This picture that you're seeing here before you, when you go up seven weeks through Absolute, the sapphire stones have that blue color to them. When you go through the eighth world of Adam Cadmon and beyond for all eternity of eternities, the rest of it looks pink. So from eight, uh, week eight and beyond through all eternity of eternities, it is the color pink and it has to do with the heart of the Father. So when you go up 10 weeks, the Sephirot is basically an elevator, and it does continue on in eternity, but there is a bridge here. Once you go up and you finish 10 weeks, there is this bridge across from the elevator. You step out of it, and you must walk across and through these golden gates, which are the gates to the third heaven, and when you finish basically the, that part of the elevator of 10 weeks of Enoch, you are crowned with a star soul. It's the eighth. That someone, one of our friends had prophesied when I visited, uh, when I'd visited her in a very uh, spiritual moment, she had said, eighth spirit. There's an eight, a word about eight, new beginning. It's your new beginning walking 
through eternities of eternities. And this is the first one that is a star that you receive. So 10 weeks, seven worlds, 10 weeks or seven worlds, uh, through the 10th, you know, the 10th week, pink rose soul, the crown of that, that's the f completion of, you know, we called it endearingly the Stargate portal, we've written about it a few years ago before really knowing what it was about. But that crown of stars, standing on the moon clothed in the sun with a crown of stars, this is the first of those that you receive that is essentially like a star. And that's in the 11th week. But you have, you walk across the bridge through the gate. Now, when I walked across there, there were many enemies. That's where the location of all the highest principalities of the enemy kingdom were standing and waiting with the trap. But when I'd gone across, there was a protection and an angelic guard and a bubble of sorts that uh, was protection as, you know, walking, walking through that place. And my prayer at that time was once I walked through that all of those enemies would be scattered from that place, that there could no longer be a 10th week trap for anyone after me who rises, but it would be completely sanctified, that walkway, that pathway to make it exceptionally easy once you finish, that you can walk across uh, unchallenged into that gate. Which is a, an essential part of cleansing the second heavens, because all the way up 10 weeks are there, that's second heavens. When you walk through that gate, that's third heavens. Now, is your life going to be perfect immediately? No. Why? If you remember from our charts, all those ten weeks of those seven worlds, right? Because uh, we count ten weeks, but seven worlds because uh, Yetzira has layers to it. But it's still one world, which means you go through those layers of Yetzira before you get that crown of the Nishama. Right, you, he gives you a new a new stone. He gives you a new heart. And when you finish in the eighth world, you have a stone with a new name on it, which is your Hebrew name. That's your circumcised Jewish Hebrew eternal name uh, from God the Father. It's your, uh, your eternal spirit. And it's a name that's only known by you and God unless you share it like I've shared mine online. Uh, that's you know that's up to you if you want to share that or not and that's received only when you complete the world of adam cadmon amen and so these have come with signs and wonders if you're new you're not sure about all this go through the master class we have all the live you know signs and wonders and confirmations that happen the circumcisions and you don't just take our word for it you should take our word for it but you go and walk in it and you'll be surprised when you receive the Nishama soul, it is completely life-changing. And you'll understand this is the way. Walk in it. So what's the source of the enemy, Augury? How does the enemy counterfeit eternity? And why do you still have problems even after going through the gates? And now you've got one of your souls living basically in the third heavens where there's no contesting of the enemy. All your ascension after that is very easy. There's no foreskin. There's no membranes. It's simply your mind changes to agree with the heavenly way of thinking, right? Like if you watched or listened to Rebecca Springer's, uh, I think what's it called? Beyond the Gates or Heaven's Gates. It's all about her experience in heaven. And what was she told in heaven about how people act 
in the outer courts of heaven. She was told that many people, even in heaven, in the perfection of heaven, paradise, third heaven, like they died and went to heaven, they still cling to the earthly way. So there are actually many people in heaven right now who are still clinging to the earthly way. In a sense, it's not sin. There's no sin in that part of heaven. But it's the the forms, the old thought patterns, that the earthly way of thinking, it's the culture of earth. And so there's a progression in heaven. There's actually leadership in heaven. Many prophets and apostles who have died and gone to heaven, they actually are leaders in heaven. Why does heaven need leadership if everyone's just, you know, goofing around doing whatever they want? Everyone in heaven has a purpose and a job and an action that they do the Father's will. And there is leadership in heaven. Why? Because it's needed to continue to bring the people into the heavenly way of thinking. It's a, it's a transformation for eternity. Everyone in heaven is going glory to glory. You're going glory to glory for eternity with the Father. And your proximity to the Father for eternity is largely dependent on what you do now while in the body. This is your chance to be close to God for all the eternities of eternities. The maximizing of your proximity and closeness to the Father is decided in your life lived on the earth. So understand, the decisions that you make every day, they don't just affect a small portion of your life like well, everyone's just equal when you go to heaven. We all just die and go to heaven. It's all the same. No, it's not like that. There's rank and order, but there's also proximity to his throne. So you want to be as close to him as possible. And you do that by being more like David and less like Saul every day. And why is this important? That canceled Moloch sign here in the corner, if you look there, what the enemy has established in the second heavens is actually the reason why even after ascending 11 weeks you're not going to be having a perfect life yet until what until there's a great cleansing of the heavens and the earth why because you're not just an eighth soul like a star that's part of you, but you have all the souls now that you have, your layers that match the Lord's layers as you have more and more added to you, his infinite layers, they fill all the heavens. So your neshama is still, when you're, the stature of your neshama is through all of Berea, guess what? Your neshama still fills Berea. Why? To reflect the glory of God, because that's the way creation is designed. You're designed to reflect the glory of God in union with him. The world that you live in, it's powered by God. He's the creator within you, but guess what? Why is the world fallen? Why are there shadows? It's the shadows inside of man and woman's soul that project into this dimension. That's why there's sin and problems and sickness and disease. When there's no more shadows anywhere, like the, the curse of the fall is actually reversed fully, there'll be no imperfections anywhere won't be found. Why? Because there won't be any more curse of the fall anymore. 
It'll be man and woman fully restored to God. So until that happens, there's still going to be problems because why? Unless you just die and go to heaven and you take all of your souls, you know, with you. Well, if I did that now, it wouldn't benefit anyone because then all of my pioneering and filling all of the uh, ten uh, weeks uh, with the sanctified souls uh, wouldn't be in place anymore. So it's more beneficial that I stay in the earth and maintain uh, maintain those rungs so we're making victory and progress and victory against the enemy. It would actually be much harder for people to rise if there wasn't someone alive in their body with their souls maintaining and holding that ground. So it's about being in the body, in the flesh, because that's where God gave dominion to man and woman. He gave them dominion. They gave it to Satan, and by rising through circumcision, returned and restored to the divine nature, we take back that dominion. So uh, this is these things are so important for you to begin to understand and walk in so that you're not deceived anymore. And those circles on the left-hand side there, you see how those kind of imitate the circles on the right-hand side? Those circles around the pink Sephiroth? What is that? Well, Keter, Adam Kadmon, is the last world that's a sapphire stone or that has that appearance. After that, you see the those those three rings, they represent the Trinity, yes. When you walk in those, all the way through the rest of the second heavens from Adam Kadmon, after Adam Kadmon, what's that next world of the red rose? It's the Ein Sof Or, that's that first ring, the outer ring, Ein Sof Or, the realm of the red rose. It's the ninth week, or the ninth world. Why is this important? Your access to it is through the Yachita soul, the white rose soul. That's the first that's the first realm that you step into. The pinnacle of the point we talked about the Yachita being it's your first taste of oneness with God. Your first taste of oneness. Absolute. Remember the Chaya is nearness, but you still have that sapphire stone kind of structure there. Uh, where God says, you know, don't look at me exactly, you know, you'll die. But here stand in this rock and see my back. So you're near to the light. The white rose soul is your first taste of that oneness. It's that, uh, what's it called? The, the pinnacle or uh, what's it called? Infinity point. What is that point called? Uh, like a singularity. That's it. The singularity of the man of Jesus Christ. That's that point that you begin to taste of those realms of eternity starts to really come through and that is your connection to that first outer ring we step into the ninth week the ninth world of the red rose soul that is ein soft or the tenth world is that next circle within that and that is the realm of that pink rose soul which is a part of the father soul himself given to you just like the neshama is hewn from the throne of glory the sapphire throne of glory each soul that God gives to you, he's created out of something precious in heaven. It's not a cheap thing. It's a costly, expensive, precious substance of heaven 
that he fashions a new heart for you and gives that to you. Why? To reflect his glory, to be like him and that ability restored to Adam and Eve to be, you know, his equal, his bride is going to take what? It's going to have, it's going to take you having many more layers to you than you currently have. But you've got to be faithful with the deposit because your Ruah soul that you have now, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, believer, is the deposit, the Holy Spirit baptism. He gave you the Spirit of Jesus Christ in that measure and a Ruah soul to reflect Him. And to the measure you're faithful with circumcising your heart, circumcising your spirit to reflect more of him all the way through Yetzirah and to the world of Berea where you receive your neshama, that is when he gives you more. If you're faithful with the down payment of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there is more of him. And for you to receive more of him, he also gives you another layer to you. Otherwise, it would not be possible to reflect his nature and his glory. You're made in his image, he has infinite layers. So the higher you go, the deeper you go in him, the more is added to you. Now, why is it important to stay on this narrow path and enter into those gates? And what are the enemy's strategies once you do? Their false eternity, if you look in the corner of those circles, they imitate the eternal realms in the true realms of eternity. On the right hand side there you see the circles, the rings, the final one in the center after the Ein Sof of the tenth week. The eleventh week, right? Worlds without end following in the book of Enoch it is written. That is eternity, the Ein, the eleventh week. And then you go from glory to glory or eternity to eternity, age to age, eternities of eternities forever. He goes on forever. So that's the true infinity of eternity of eternities that goes on forever in Christ. That's available for all believers who will walk in the narrow path, who continue sacrificing more of themselves for more of Him. Even the good things that come from God for more of Him, Himself. So what's the enemy counterfeit? On the left-hand side there, those False infinity, I've seen these in our confrontations with the enemy. All of those false eternity loops of Satan and Moloch and Pan on the left hand side there, they're actually below the third heavens. They are hidden like dimensions within dimensions in uh, the 10th week of the second heavens because they cannot enter into those gates of eternity. They're forbidden. There's no wicked thing there. They can't. But they imitate it and pretend and they have false paradises and false lying visions. And those false rings of eternity are actually the source of witchcraft and augury in the world. And it's being destroyed through our rising in righteousness and warring in the heavenly places. And so understanding that the judgment, as we continue on 11 weeks and beyond and get the true revelation of true eternity, it brings judgment down through 
the ten weeks of the second heavens to obliterate their false dimensions of glory that is actually even in uh, in the Hebrew words in the Bible in the Torah in the Tanakh just like the eleventh week is the Ein that eleventh week of eternity even as I was scribing E-I-N-N Ein Gedi and Gedi Brandon had a little bottle of oil that he brought that had the exact same name Ein Gedi and Gedi on the bottle which is it's all about the purity of the eternal realms destroying those fake realms of eternity of Satan and Moloch in the second heavens. As you're talking, I can see the gates of heaven consuming the gates of hell. And that last picture was the gates of the third heaven as we ascend and become the children of the resurrection. We go into those gates and that's what releases the floods of glory like the days of Noah and devours the gates of hell. Hallelujah. We're going to do it. Amen. So I think we're running out of time today, but the names in Hebrew actually, they expose so much of what they are. Uh, but it really is about putting an end to all that satanic order. So I think maybe we'll just have to save that for next time. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed viewers of RLM TV, thank you for joining us in this sacred space where we come together to explore the profound teachings of the Bible. Today I stand before you to extend a heartfelt invitation to support RLM TV, a platform that endeavors to bring the timeless wisdom of the scriptures into the homes and hearts of believers around the world. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, we are reminded that wisdom is the principal thing, and with all our getting, we should get understanding. RLM TV is dedicated to providing that understanding. To unravel the layers of divine knowledge embedded in the Holy Scriptures, your support is crucial in allowing us to continue this noble mission. As we embark on this journey, let us draw inspiration from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus instructs His disciples to go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. RLM aspires to fulfill this divine commission by reaching out to souls across the globe, illuminating their lives with the light of God's Word. Your generous contributions play a pivotal role in sustaining this beacon of enlightenment. The Gospel of Luke chapter 6 verse 38 encourages us with the promise that when we give, it will be given to us in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. By supporting RLM TV, you are sowing seeds of spiritual abundance, not only for yourselves, but for countless others who will reap the harvest of God's grace through this ministry. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, we are challenged to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in God's house. RLM TV is that spiritual storehouse where the sustenance of God's Word is shared abundantly. Your financial contributions ensure that the storehouse remains full, allowing us to continue feeding the hungry souls seeking nourishment for their faith. 
In conclusion, let us heed the words of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, which assures us that our God will supply every need of ours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As you consider contributing to RLM TV, know that you are partaking in a divine partnership to spread the richness of God's glory through the medium of internet and television. Thank you for your attention, and may your hearts be moved to support RLM TV as we journey together in the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment and understanding. God bless you abundantly. Amen.